is happening, everybody? Welcome to episode number six, six. of the Reverend Babel Podcast. This is Cody Kelly. And this is Neil Huntley. We're just so happy that you are back to join us for some more Reverend Babble. And this is take two of this intro, by the way. Yes. Uh, we got a little tongue-tied on the first try. We said we're we're so back that you're glad instead <laughs> of so glad that you're back. Yeah. But either way, whichever you are, if you're bad, if you're glad, back to happy, be glad or... back, I don't care. I'm just glad that you're here. Um, so, hey. Hey, Cody. Hey, Neil. How's it going? Good, man. Um, just hanging out. What's new with you this week? Honestly, I've been trying to do a lot of different things this week. I've just been uh I've been trying to, you know, be more active and stuff, trying to get outside a little more. As it's kind of funny cuz as of right now as we're recording this, it's wet and rainy outside. Yeah, it is so. a very dreary day in God's country of Union County today. Yes, for sure. Yeah, but I've just been uh uh chilling out at the house, doing some more s- s- uh school stuff. I've been trying to get out more and just to try to, you know, you know, trying to get some more exercise in. You Good know, deal, yeah. Because uh, when you stay in the house for over two months like I have, because I'm already at home doing all my schoolwork anyway, Yeah, uh, being outside definitely kind of keeps you sane. Yeah, have you ever heard of the Freshman 15? You ever heard people talk about that? I've not, no. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a long uh, kind of an old thing, too. But people say that you gain 15 pounds your freshman year of college. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Cody, if you if you gain 15 pounds doing online classes, yeah, you need to get outside and walk around a little bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. So what's new with you? I'm just getting ready for, for the next two weeks. They're going to be busy for me, man. Honestly. Oh, I know. Um, I got vacation coming up next week. Um, oh, boy. You know, that'll so, be fun. So we won't be recording next week. We'll have a bonus episode for yes, we next will. week. Um, just a devotion to, to keep you all encouraged for next week. Um, but... I'll be at Holden Beach with my family, uh, with with my wife and and her side of the family for a whole week. So I'm, that sounds fun. I'm excited, man. We're, oh yeah. You know, last year was Graham's first time down there, and you know, to, to experience the beach and everything. Uh, but this time he's up and you know walking around. He can run in the sand a little bit. And oh yeah. We got a house right there on the water, so all we got to oh, do is nice. you know walk down the steps, and we're right there at the beach. Um, so we're gonna soak up as much sun as we can, and then I get to come home, sleep two nights in my bed. And then we're going to camp. Yes, we are. We're going to Camp Castle yeah, we're this going year. To, we're going to Fort Caswell, so it's going to be a little bit different. You know, there's not a full-on camp like it usually is due to the coronavirus and the social distancing guidelines and all that. But uh, we fit within those guidelines, so we can take our group down, and we're just going to have our own mini version of Caswell. Oh, oh, for sure. And it's kind of funny because this is my seventh year, I believe. I'll be going down to Caswell. Sweet. And, you know, you know, and like since I'm 18, this will kind of be my last year as like a – as a student, technically. Right, right. So it's kind of cool. It kind of ended on a different note than it kind of usually would be for yeah, me. Yeah, and, and next year, you know, I can snag you as a chaperone if I need to. So you'll, oh, yeah. you'll be of age where I can do that. Um, but it's going to be fun either way. We're not staying the whole week this time. We're going to go down on Monday, come home on Thursday. Right. Uh, but we got our T-shirts in yesterday. They look awesome. Oh, for sure. Those are going to um, look great. I'm excited to get, that out, get those out to y'all when we go. And hopefully we'll have us a guest on the show. I hadn't talked to to anybody yet about it, but we can get somebody. We're going to record on location. Yes, right? we are. Um, all all of this equipment for the podcast will be in my uh, suitcase when we come down there. Yeah. So you want me to put yours up under everybody else's so it gets smashed, right? You you want to be uh, your suitcase want to be at the bottom of the trailer? Uh, I'd rather it be closer to the top. Okay, so strapped to the top of the van if it yes. rains. 
Uh, probably not that high. Okay, why don't you just hang on to it? We'll just you know just just hug it real tight like it's your girlfriend or something. Okay. I don't have a girlfriend, but okay. Well, then the, to pretend like this stuff is take care of it like it would be your girlfriend. Okay. All right, sounds and then, good. We'll work on we'll work on the real girl part later. Okay, <laughs> we ain't got to worry about that right now. We got I got a vacation next week and uh, and I got uh, camp the next week. I don't have time right now to to help you with with girl issues right now. Okay, Cody. <laughs> oh. All right, that sounds good. But it's all I'll good. be a loner. It's fine. But we're gonna have a good time either way. We can find. We're gonna find us a, a quiet place or a semi-quiet place to record down there, and um, just talk about you know what is Fort Caswell and yeah, uh, it's how it's special to you and how it's special to me, and we're gonna have a good time. But uh, we got a good show lined up today. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the difference between Christian pop and worship music, and during our double play Devo. And we got we got some sports to talk about. Oh and, yes, we and do. We had some feedback for discussion. Uh, for our sports topic as well. So sit tight and we'll be right back with the double play Devo. Hey everybody, it's Neil here. Once again, just want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. Hope you're enjoying it so far. I know we just got started, but just wanted to remind y'all to leave us a rating, leave leave us a nice review and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Um, you can contact us at reverentbabble at gmail.com. We also are on Twitter at reverentbabble. I'm on Twitter at Neil Huntley. And Cody is too at CKRedSox72. Thanks again. Let's get on to the show. Right, and welcome to the Double Play Devo portion of the show. Well, we're a Christian podcast, but we... Yeah, we, we, like, we like talking about sports, right? Uh, right. I mean, me and you could sit here and talk about sports all day. I mean, I think we talked about it for 15, 20 minutes before we even started hitting record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love talking about Jesus even more. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, we used the past two episodes to really tell the listeners more about us. Um, especially the people that don't know us outside of the show, kind of share our testimonies and talk about how God has used us in our life to, you know, spread that light and spread his joy to others around us. Um, but let's get back on track this week and do an actual discussion topic that's not just about me or just about you. Or just about me, um, yeah. But just about our thoughts in general about a certain topic. Right. Um, Cody, you remember growing up in church, you know, the little song, Be Careful Little Eyes What You See? Or Yes. You know, well, today we're going to talk about be careful, little ears, what you, you hear. hear. Okay. Um, what do you think that means? Uh, don't put bad things in your ears. No, don't put bad things in your ears. Like like nasty headphones, like what I have in right now. I need to probably clean my ears out, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, we're going to talk about music today. Music, yeah. okay. So specifically like, you know, Christian music, like what you might hear on K-Love if, if you listen to K-Love. K-Love's really not my... My style, they kind of get repetitive, but they they're 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 a ministry, and that's that's okay. That's oh, that's sure. what they're doing. Right. Um, but like the difference between like Christian pop music and worship music. Okay. Um, name some Christian artists right off the top of your head. Go um. Ahead. Okay. Um. Christian artists. Okay. Well, like, well, for me, well, for me, I'm more of a contemporary guy, so I like to listen yeah, yeah. to like you know like a lot of people that are on Caleb, but obviously mm-hmm. like you know that style of music. So I like to listen to like uh, Newsboys, mm-hmm. Mercy Me, yeah. Toby Mac, mm-hmm. like those kind. Basically of a Winter Jam lineup. Basically right? <laughs> a Winter Jam lineup. If you ever if you've ever been Which to Winter Jam, those most, are the kind of guys I like listen to. Most of the time, to. they're pretty sweet, and I and I love that style of music too. Um, I really like the kind of music. 
that I call worship music that has I like worship music biblical too. background in it. Yes. That, I mean, not saying that Christian pop doesn't have Oh, right, that, absolutely. But sometimes it's more on the lines of like an uplifting, encouraging song right. to make you, you know, feel better about yourself and know that you're not, you know, you're not going through these struggles alone and things like that. And that's great. Right. Like, I mean, like Danny Gokey, he, he, I, he's not my favorite Christian artist. He's more of a, you know... He's a Caleb artist. He's more positive and encouraging than anything, you know. <laughs> I see what you did um, there. But like the newest one he did, that's called "Love God, Love People." That's straight out of the Bible, right? You know. But there's, I think, and this has been a topic. I mean, not just in 2020, but in the past two years too, about newer worship music not being as theological, and which which I right. I, I disagree with honestly. Oh, but, oh yeah, same and here. Ever, I don't agree with that either. Ever since that has been become a topic. You've seen more and more. You've artists. seen more and more that have kind of leaned towards that. Yeah, and they they're making a conscious effort to have biblical referencing in their songs. Right. Um, like there's a new song that's Carrie Job and her husband Cody Carnes, um, the blessing, the they blessing sing with yes. elevation worship. Yes. Um, that's straight out of scripture. Oh, for sure. You know, you may his favor be upon you for a thousand generations and your children and their children, and you know that's that's yeah, it's like of all that's right out of the Bible, right. Um, but like I said, there, there's some, and I'm like I said, I'm not hating on on Christian pop at all. No. Um, but if you're look, looking for um, true worship music, my opinion, it needs to have some biblical background too. Oh, for sure. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, because like, like especially if you want to call your music Christian worship music, I would think right. you would want to have some sort of biblical reference in your song, right? Somewhere. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I I like all types of music. I mean, as long as you keep it clean. Oh yeah, same here. Um, I mean, like I, I like all kinds of music as long as it's clean and it, it you know it's fun to listen to. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to country. I listen to some old. I like older country, preferably like two thousands and earlier than that, like nineties and stuff like that. Not too big on the new country music, um, but I listen to that. You know, I I've I've seen Ario Speedwagon in concert. You know, that's a rock and roll band, and they can be a little edgy sometimes, but you know that style of music that that fits a certain era. Oh, you know? for, right. And but it's all about your personal preference when it comes to music. It really is. Oh, for sure. Um, and I'm getting off on a little tangent. Let me get back to it real quick. But this whole topic of like contemporary modern day Christian music or worship music not being theological or not having any scripture in it, I don't I don't see the argument of that because you you hear it. Right. And I mean, if you don't hear it, if you don't understand what they're saying right away. Google the lyrics. It's there. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I've grown up Baptist all my life. Have you been in a Baptist church all your life? Yes, I have. So we all know what a Baptist hymn, hymnal looks like. Yes. We've been almost beat over the head with, you know, <laughs> we either sing the first, second, and the fourth verse. You know, the third verse never gets sang, especially at yeah. an old school Baptist church. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird, though? Yeah. And it don't matter where you go, we're going to sing the first, second, and the fourth, and fourth verse. Well, what about number three? They wrote it for a reason. I don't right? know. I um, guess it's not. I guess it's not as entertaining. And I'm not bashing the Baptist hymnal at all. I, I, those songs have just as much biblical background. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, and, and praise God just as just as much as modern day stuff. Um, but I don't get the argument about the new stuff not having biblical background to it. And I, I got reference right here. Um, we, we've, most of us have heard that song Waymaker. Right? Oh yeah. I'm not going to sit here and sing it. I've heard it every single day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, You've heard the Michael W. Smith Michael version. Michael W. Smith and, version. And I'm not going to, uh, that's not worth my time to talk about right now. I know. Um, but not hating on Michael W. Smith either, but that's not his song. Um, that's just, Caleb paid him to probably put it, make a <laughs> yeah. version of it. Um, but Waymaker has biblical background too. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this in youth too. We we had a series about worship music, you know? You yeah, we did, yeah. a few months back. Um, I remember that. When we were actually meeting in person. Um 
But here's like, this is straight out of the course, okay? Waymaker. That is in Isaiah 43. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. There's your way maker right there. Next line, miracle worker. And right in Job chapter 5. But if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Miracles that cannot be counted. There's your miracle worker. Promise keeper. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? There's your promise keeper. That's in the book of Numbers. And uh, just the last part of that course, light in the darkness. So we, we went over waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Now we're at light in the darkness, which is the theme of the camp that we have coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, this one is a reference out of John chapter 8. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. So there's your biblical background right there. Um, did you did you find a song for today? Well, well, one song that I really liked, especially when it first came out, and even now I listen to it every once in a while, was that song by uh, Corey Asbury, uh Reckless Love? Yeah, Reckless Love. Yeah. Reckless Love, mm-hmm. yeah. That that was the one that was wore out before Waymaker. So we had Oceans that was wore out for yes. years. <laughs> yeah, that and, song was wore out yeah, for a long which time. Which is a great song. Oh, it's a great but song. it was ruined just because it was overplayed. And then Reckless Love got played really quickly over and over again. And now we're on Waymaker. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what's next. But yeah, yeah what were you saying about Reckless Love? Yeah, well, the biblical reference behind that verse is like you can tell when you when you read the chorus is it's referencing the, the, the story of the lost sheep yeah, yeah. and, and how the shepherd had had the other sheep with him, but he loved that one sheep that, that was lost so much that he, that he went and searched after that sheep and wouldn't stop until he found it. And he brought it back to him. Yeah. And, and I love that parable before the song and, you know, it makes me love it even more. And not when I say a song's overplayed, it doesn't mean I don't like it. Oh no. I, 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 I loved oceans. I, I love reckless love. I love, um, Waymaker. Um, reckless love is special to, um, to Amber's family because, um, you know, you know, Mike's our worship leader. Yes. At church. That's my brother-in-law, Mike. And, um, that song special to them because, they really thought it represented their uncle Robin really well and his testimony. Um, and, um, that, so that's, it has, it has a special meaning to them. And, and I love that song. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't like it just because it was played a lot. Um, but yeah, and you remember that song has some controversy about it, right? Right. For sure. Because it's like God's love is like, it was controversial because like people didn't like the idea of God's love being described as reckless which, which like, here's my argument to that is that the reason why it's called reckless love is because from, from a person's point of view, like from a human's point of view, God's love is reckless. Right. Because it's like, well, like for us, he's going to risk everything just to go after one sheet when you still got 
99 others. That's right. So what's the point in just yeah. going out there and risking life for them just for one sheep? I mean, I, I've never heard sheep myself. I told you, you know, I'm on farming simulator. I like to get on the combine and cut me some wheat or go get me some corn. But I hadn't really ventured out to the livestock part of things. <laughs> but if I'm ever on that game or in real life and I have 100 sheep and one of them goes off and does his own thing, I'm the human side of me is going to be, well, the human part, because that's all I am is human. Right. It's going to go, well, I got 99 more. What's one? You know? Right. But with God, that one is just as important as that 99 as a whole. And he knows that right now, those 99 will keep each other together. Right? Right. They, they have a support system. This one's off alone. That, that yeah. one's off by themselves. And so that person needs that comfort and that peace that God can give. And then right. he can come back with the other 99 and gain that support from them. And and the word reckless in our brain, we immediately think of like reckless driving, you know, right. like bull in a china shop kind of deal where <laughs> it's just complete chaos around it, right? Um, and I think that's why it has such controversy. How do you call God's holy and righteous love and merciful, gracious love reckless, you know? Right. It's, it's reckless in a sense of he does whatever it takes to get to you. No matter how many times you venture away, no matter how many times you push away from him or the people that he surrounds you with that love you, that are pouring into you, he's still going to go get you no matter what. So that that's that's perfect in that song. Um, Waymakers, like I said, is full of scripture. The Blessing song with Carrie Job. There's, I mean, there's so many that you can talk about now that are full of scripture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know I kind of bounce around between like, you know, between Christian pop and worship music and people saying you know this nowadays music's not as theological or biblically sound um but it's in there you just got to look for it you know oh oh for sure um but in in another way of things and not to get on too too much of a subject but make sure that the music that you listen to not only is biblically sound but the people that are you know presenting it they they believe the same basis of our faith that oh for sure that we all agree on because I mean, there are some churches that they kind of twist some things a little bit here and there. Right. Um, but we just have to make sure that, you know, we're coming in with a pure heart. We're coming in ready to worship, and we're not led astray by any little thing here and there that, you know, may cause us to stumble later on. Right. And for me, and it's like, well, right, right and for me, and it's whenever I, I hear a, a Christian song, whether it's a worship song or more of a pop song or just a, or, or even it's an old hymn, if the song... If the song really has a if the song has a really big impact on you and it speaks to you, then then you'll feel good about the people who are presenting it. Yeah, I agree with that mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know, I I didn't choose this topic to complain about any kind of music at all. Oh no, I mean, um, I I I love the music that we have at church. Um, my brother in law Mike and them they do a great job, and I love how they mix it up with modern yeah, day stuff. Like modern day stuff, and then it's more like. You know, but have some more modern stuff, and then they'll go back to the more traditional stuff. But yeah. I, you know, that's a good mix, though. Yeah, you know, sometimes we have Mike up there with his guitar and Nate on the bass, and they're playing something new like "Reckless Love." Or sometimes we have Greg up there and Gordon's playing the, you know, the keys or making it sound like an organ. You know, yeah. And it's old school hymn, and I, and I love, I love both of it. Um, and I just want to talk about this because it's just been a topic for a while, and I wanted to show and let people know that. All you have to do sometimes is look. It might not say the verse exactly like it says in Scripture, but it's referencing that straight up. All right. And with that, we are going to move on to sports. Sports!
Hey everybody, what's going on? I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Just wanted to take a second just to let you guys know that if you have any prayer needs or just something on your mind, you can always contact us through our social medias. They are in the show notes in the description of this podcast. And just always wanted to let you know that that's always available. If you just want to talk to somebody, if you have any questions, just let us know. And I hope you guys are having a great day. And now back to the show. All right, it's sports time. Time to update y'all on the week that was in the world of sports. This is the weekly score. The weekly score. And by the way, I think I, I'm pretty sure I did the intro better than you last. What? Week. Yes. Uh, look, I I was nice this week and was not going to keep count of your for sures. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be happy to go back and listen to them right now because we have the ability to do that. But for real. You gonna mess with me and my mojo, man? You gonna mess with me and my little, my little thing that I come up with? Come on, man. Okay, maybe just a little bit. This is the weekly score. The weekly score. You me talking like ASMR for the rest of the time. You know, you ever seen those videos where people talk like this into the mic? Oh right? my goodness! And it, it is weird. No, I'm, don't worry, y'all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Okay, um, well, thank you. But let's talk about some sports, Cody. Um, Please, please update me on this lifetime drama that is Major League Baseball right now. Okay. Are, are we going to play baseball or not? Well, I'm pretty sure this has basically turned into a real-life soap opera for me. That's why I said it's like lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's funny. Okay. Here's the latest update that I can possibly give you. The good news is that there's no more counteroffers because both sides have decided to stop offering offers to each other. So they've both t- taken their ball and went home. Basically, <laughs> yes, um, yes, basically. So, um, kind of well, how it's. No, go ahead. Who was the last one to offer? Uh, the last one to offer was, I think, the MLB. Okay. They offered an offer for like a seventy-two game season with like seventy-five percent prorated salaries, and the, the MLBPA said no, and that, and, is, is and then the, that was that. Is the big kicker with the MLPA, the Player Association, is that they're not getting the full pro rate? Is that the big argument? Yes, uh, pretty much, because, like, well, like, back in March, like I said a couple times, they made an agreement that they would play with full prorated salaries. I mean, like, yeah. they wouldn't get paid for the full season, but they would get paid for how many games they would they played based off that full right, salary. Right, right, right. So, but, like, you know, so that was agreed on back in March. So... Now, whenever an offer came out ever since then that didn't have that, it was basically like an automatic turndown for mm-hmm. the players' association just because it didn't have the full prorated salary. Right, right, right. I mean, well, like, you know, but basically, as of Monday night, this is Tuesday afternoon as we're recording this, um, the MOB commissioner, Rob Manfred, said that he was not confident that we were going to have a baseball season this year. Okay, so even though, cause, and I'm kind of trying to recap this in my mind as we're talking, so the the owners, the owners, the owners made that offer, right? Yes. MLPA, MLBPA said no way, no, forget that. Yeah. But I thought there was something that if they couldn't agree that Major League Baseball could make like a 50 game schedule or something like that. That's what I was just fixing to get into. Okay. Is that. Well, once the MLBPA said we're not offering any more counteroffers, they basically told Rob Manfred that just tell us when and where to play because we're tired of talking about right, this. Right, right, right. Well, what that means is that 
he has the power to construct a 48 to 50 ish game season. Okay. So what the players are basically waiting for at this point is for him to make a decision on how many games they're going to play and where it's going to be played and just kind of moving on from there. Well, he hadn't even made a decision how he's going to punish Astros yet. How's he going to do this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's funny because, um, both sides have been going back and forth for two months, and then we just kind of end up in this situation where basically, where basically the commissioner has to make the choice of how he wants to go about this. And he had an interview with with the people on ESPN last night, and he basically just said, "I'm not 100 percent confident we're going to have a season this year." Really, but but that's kind of contradicting, I guess. Yeah. Be, be, because he has the power to he has the power to, do it, to so make a season it? happen. So it's kind of like I don't really know how all that's going to turn out. But as of right now, there are no updates as to as to when and where a season could start and how many games there are or salary or anything like that. Wow, man. I mean, you've seen all these other leagues make such an effort. I know. That's the thing. It's like you've made so many like other leagues and just other organizations like NASCAR, NBA, NHL. Uh, college sports have even got right. a, a game plan going for this yeah. fall with like football. Mm-hmm. And then you got the MOB who's just basically just been just pointing fing- finger at each other going, uh, it's your, it's your fault. Uh, it's your fault. I mean, yeah, pretty much it's been that way the whole time. Honestly, at this point, I just wish they would make a decision on what they're going to do. But until then, I'm just going to watch me some, uh, KBO the, and just call the, it good. The that. Korean baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched a single inning of it. I have chosen that I'm going to cheer for the NC dinos because NC, I just figured, Hey, it looks like kind of like North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they're like in first place right I now. I was about to say, that's a good team you chose. Cause that's a pretty good team you chose. Cause they're like the best team in that league. But I remember seeing that right before the season started. And I said, Oh, NC dinos, that looks kind of cool. I might cheer for them. And then I found out they like had the worst record last year. But this year they're on a tear. Like I said, I oh yeah, I mean like they're I on fire this year. They, they, they got like the a, best team in the league. I haven't watched a single pitch in the KB. Is it KBL or KBO? KBO. Or KBO. It's, Korean it's the, baseball organization. Yes. Okay. I didn't know it was league or organization. Um, but basically, you're telling me that there's a good chance that the only way we would have a 2020 World Series champion is on MLB The Show video game. Probably. Wow. Come on, man. That that's so that's so aggravating. It really is. Yeah. It honestly is. I mean, like I said, at this point, I'm just kind of hoping that they'll make some sort of decision and we'll have some form of baseball this year, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Because, I mean, I can see two th- two sides of things with this, and um, I heard somebody else on another show say one time, say it like this too, think about it like, just not, don't even think about it as a, as a sports league. Think of it as just like a corporation, okay? Just a regular old, you know, mom and pa company. Hey, look, guys, we're not going to be making as much money this year so you're not like we're not going to have much money coming in, so we're not going to be able to pay you as much, right? You know, which from the owner side of things makes sense. Right, we have to save the company money because we're not going to be making as much money. But from the players or employees side of things, they're like, "How about since you have all the money right now, won't, why don't you be the one that takes the hit and keep paying us what you're paying us, right? And take the hit." So I mean, it's it's tough. I'm not saying that they need to, you know. Right, you know, it's it's easier than it looks because it's not. Um, cause and I understand both sides of the argument. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, especially if you have zero fans coming, you know. Yeah, like a bunch of other teams that I'm not going to name just because I think they know who they are. <laughs> like we <laughs> talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, but getting back to that, like, thing comparison between like an employer and employee, you know, they're already taking a hit as is. Right. Right. It's it's not that we're saying, hey, you're going to make less money because we're going to play less games. That's a given. 
period. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. They're saying, hey, so instead of working five days this week, you're going to work four, but we're going to pay you for two of those two of those days. Right. You know, that's that's where the players are like, that's no, where they're kind of like, not. no, right. And I can I can see that side of things. And there's some people like, well, they're already millionaires and already set for life. Why they should just play for it. No, come on now. Well, like, see, here's my argument when it comes to that. Like, when it comes to the salary, don't think of it as making the, these amount of millions to these amount of millions. Think of it as you're getting a, you know, like, think of it as you're getting a 40% pay cut. Exactly. You know, you know, it's like, you know, like, just if you're like a person working a regular job. Yeah, no matter how much money you make, you don't want to take a... 40% pay cut. Period. Right. Yeah. No. You know, so it's like when it comes to that, try to not think of it. And that's kind of the argument I've tried to make is, is like try to not think of it as people making like 20 million to however many million they're making after the cut. But just think of it as any kind of person who's working a job to making that, that much less money. Yeah. And to kind of close out baseball, um, my personal opinion, Manfred needs to just man up and make a schedule. Honestly. Yeah, he does. Because, I think it'll cost him in the league more money to not have a season. Yeah, than oh, for to sure. Have a fifty-game season. Well, honestly, too, it'll kind of cost him his reputation. Not that he's already had a great <laughs> reputation already, but this will kind of make his reputation be that much more, that much worse. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I mean, a fifty-game season is not going to be fun because you know usually baseball you have you have up until like almost all-star break to kind of get your feet wet. You right. Know, because all, um, there's some teams that don't get hot till right in July, you know. But if you start in the next month or so and play 50 games, you're going to have to go all out every single game. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to go all to, out, and you're going to have to make sure you get those wins. You're going to have to pitch your best arms. You're going to have to have your best hitters in there. Not many guys are going to have games off like they usually do, like on a Sunday uh, in a weekend series and things like that. Because, I mean – there's some teams that don't get hot until the second round of 50 games in the season. I mean, look at the um, Nationals last year. Yeah. I'm not well, sure. Here's the thing. Through their first 50 games, they went 1931. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't know the exact record, but their, I mean, their 50-game record at first, that was awful. There was no yeah, was, way they were making the playoffs, let alone win the World Series. They had the second-worst record in, in the National League right behind the Marlins. Yeah. For, 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 for the record. And then they ended up winning the World Series because they had that many more games. Right. So, I mean – it's going to be difficult either way, but it's more difficult in financial things with like TV contracts. Oh yeah, and all kind of sponsors. And I mean, they just picked up Nike for all their apparel. You know, yes, so, they I mean, did. And and for the season, and for the season, they signed a big television contract with a uh, Turner. With Turner with TBS. Yeah, yeah. I remember when the Braves were the only team on TBS. Yeah, and that got all sold out, and things haven't been the same ever since. <laughs> but I digress to that. Or off of that, whatever. I don't even know how you say digress. What I, I, I don't. I'm know not either. an English teacher. I, I'm just a part-time podcaster, man. Um, I but, guarantee you that if I guarantee you that when Amber listens to this, she's gonna like <laughs> correct you like she, hard, dude. You you don't want to know how many times she rolls her eyes or repeats <laughs> what I said to try to make me think I said it wrong. I'm just like, what? <laughs> I don't care. Blah, blah, whatever. But yeah, we. It's not gonna be good. No. If we don't play baseball, just to quote a character off the old John Boy and Billy radio show named Hoyt, be like, "Hey guys, we didn't have a baseball season. Well, how'd that go? Not too good. Okay, <laughs> it's not going to be good. So, you got anything else about baseball? I do not. That's all I have to say for good. today. Gracious. All right, let me get on. All right, Neil, how about you? Oh, I'm sorry. You uh, try to go. I, I interrupted you. Go do it again. 
All right, Neil, how about you? <laughs> there we go. What you got for today? Well, hey, we're having fun today, y'all. We're being as, you know, transparent and just improv and just being as honest oh, as yeah. we can today. It's, it's a messy day outside. It's been a little bit messy day in here, but we're having fun nonetheless. Um, let's talk about some NASCAR, Cody. All right. So we had a NASCAR race on Sunday. Yes, right? we did. You remember that? Um, it was at Homestead, Miami, okay? And it, I think in the time that I could have driven from here to Miami, that's how long the race lasted. Yeah. The race started, or it was planned to start, at around 3.30. And then they had some water on the track. So they had to, you know, dry the track off. Then they got on the track. And then they had lightning. So they had to get off the track. Yeah, get off the track. They got out of the cars. They had all the drivers in their haulers doing Skype interviews with Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy on Fox. And it was very boring, very, very boring for all <laughs> afternoon. And then they start racing. And we finally got a winner at about 11 o'clock Sunday night from a race that started at 3.30 that ended at around 11. Denny Hamlin won the race at Miami. So, you know, Denny Hamlin's the guy who races for Joe Gibbs. Yes. Um, the FedEx car. Um, he, this, he completely swept this race. He, was in, he started first. Oh, yeah. He won the first segment, won the second segment, won was, the race. He was in first place basically the whole time. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he absolutely dominated this race. And other than the rain delays and weather delays and things like that, it was a fun race. I didn't get to watch all of it. Like I said, I had planned to sit down and watch the majority of it Sunday afternoon. But then we had church, yeah. and I had a deacon's meeting right after that. So I didn't get home till maybe, I think, about 60 laps left or something like that. Um, but Hamlin won. Um, Chase Elliott almost won again. Yeah. So, you know, with Chase, he, he won the race in Charlotte a few weeks back. Um, but it's been on kind of a skid ever since, which that win came in the middle of a skid, too. Oh, yeah. Um, this time he was, I want to say, he was a couple seconds right behind Denny. And um, he, he just started gaining speed. And if you watch NASCAR, if you if you like Chase Elliott, which some people do, some people don't, um, Chase likes to hug the wall big time when he's racing. So a lot of places, if you take the inside part of the track, like running on like a, like an Olympic track, right. Take the inside. You're going to go around the corners quicker because it's a shorter distance. Right. Oh, right. For sure. So most of the time you go around the bottom of the track, right? You go around the bottom and then you kind of work your way and it's the quickest the way around. But Chase has found some kind of way where he just likes to ride high. He likes to hug that wall, and he can zoom around a track like it's nobody's business. And he was doing good. He was gaining up on Denny. I think he got within like .2 seconds of him oh, right wow. behind him. So it was, it was getting close there with about, I want to say, six or seven laps left. Um, the, the whole race got spaced out. I mean, I think the bottom 10 cars were like six laps behind or something oh, like man. that. Yeah, that got kind of boring on the back, back end of that. Um, but like I said, Chase loves hugging that wall. One time, he hugged the wall a little too close, and he, <laughs> yeah. he didn't, like, flat-out wreck, but he scrubbed the wall pretty bad. And, and I mean, when you're when, when both cars are going 180, 190, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's only a half a second hitting the wall where he's just gone, you know? Yeah, I know. And it went from behind, like, 0.4 seconds to two and a half seconds, like that. So, oh, and so, man. So, Denny won. Denny dominated. He deserved to win that race. If Chase would have won, he'd have stole that from Denny, for sure. Um, I'm... I'm not the biggest fan of the Toyota cars just because I'm old school. I like, you know, the American cars and um, NASCAR. Not, nothing against right. imports. But um, I grew up watching it when it was, you know, you either had a Chevrolet, a Ford, a Pontiac, a Dodge, something like that. Right. So it's, it's still weird to me to see Toyota on NASCAR, especially. Right. right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's an American kind of made 
race two. Right, right. You, you know, so it's kind of different seeing imported cars. Plus, it's funny because it's funny to my eyes because you know they make these cars. They're not like actual real cars or stock cars, of course. They're right. With a shell that looks like one of the real cars on the road. So you know, the Fords are like a Mustang. The Chevrolets look like a Camaro. Those are cool. The Toyota looks like a Camry. You know, that's yeah. just what's funny. But in the Xfinity series, the Toyota looks like a Supra, which is, you know, their supercar, which is really cool. So hopefully they'll have the body style of a Supra in the next years or so. It's just funny to my eyes. But hats off to Denny Hamlin. He's been dominating this whole season. I mean, let alone he dominated the iRacing series, too, and they were racing video games, too. Which, the, you know, you know, which honestly for me, that was – one of the first NASCAR things I'd ever watched. Oh, one of the iRacing stuff? Was, was the iRacing stuff? I just want to see what that was did like. Did you see when Bubba Wallace rage quit? Did you ever see that part? He I did ra- not he, see that part, no. He wrecked two or three times and rage quit, and after he rage quit, he lost a sponsor because of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Bubba Wallace, and, and, you know, he was kind of baffled by the situation, too. And it was, I mean, it's just a daggone video game, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that was crazy. But just to go down the line, like I said, Hamlin won, Chase Elliott second, Ryan Blaney came in third, um, Tyler Reddick, he came in fourth, and... Not many people know who Tyler Reddick is. I don't know who Tyler Reddick is. So exactly, you're part of not many people. Um, he races for Richard Childress Racing, who um, Austin Dillon races for, who now drives a number three. You know who used to be Dale Earnhardt, right? Um, and there for a while, um, they figured Austin Dillon was going to be the guy at Richard Childress Racing, and he still kind of is because he's in the three car, of course, right? But Tyler Reddick here recently has been on a tear. He's he's up in the power rankings right now. Um, he's had really good cars the past few races, and I see him winning the next couple weeks or so for sure. Okay. And he he had a really good season last year. Uh, now he's up at Richard Childress Racing, who is in desperate need of getting back somewhere close to when they had Dale Earnhardt and yeah. Dale Jr. Because they hadn't been the same ever since Dale Jr. left and went to Hendrick Motorsports. Right now you have Joe Gibbs Racing, who's Denny Hamlin. That's right. Who, and then you have Denny Hamlin. You have Hendrick Motorsports, who's like Jimmy Johnson and all them. People know who Hendrick Motorsports is. And then you have like uh, Stuart Haas or Team Penske. And other than that, nobody really knows the other teams that that well. Right. So it's good to see teams like uh, Richard They're kind of like relative unknowns. Exactly. Um, and that's that's what part of this new way of racing is that's been new the past few years is the segment races where they break it off into three segments, you know where they kind of reset the field so the race isn't as boring as it can be sometimes when there's no caution because that makes more people strategize better, makes your pit strategy matter, and it can have people come on the rise like Tyler Reddick, like Bubba Wallace, and things like that. Right. So it was a good race other than I think the rain's what killed it, really, honestly. Yeah. Um, but it's it's getting fun. All right, yeah, so that's it for NASCAR. I'm excited for the race that's coming up this week, too. Um, all-star race and all that stuff's coming up soon. Um, but I had a, a question pop up in my head this weekend. All right. Not for any particular reason, just kind of randomly thought of a discussion topic to talk about sports because, I mean, other than NASCAR and MLB, there's really not that much going on no. this, this past week, right? Um, Cody, have you ever met a, a famous or pro athlete before? I have... I actually have a few times. I mean, obviously, I didn't have like a big, huge like conversation with any. Sure, but I've like interacted with well, a few t- before. Yeah, the, tell me that that's something that came to my mind, and I I even talked to Amber about it last night too. I was like, you know, I, I want to hear people's stories about you know how it, how and if they have met a pro athlete, a famous athlete, famous coach, somebody in sports famous, and who was it? What was it like? So you you got a story? Yes, I do. Well, actually, I got th- three stories. Okay. 
Yeah, I got three stories. Go for it. So the first one, I went to a uh, I went to a Charlotte Knights baseball game a couple years ago, uh-huh. and they were playing the Pawtucket Red Sox, which is why I went. It's the AAA team of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, and obviously I knew I knew about a few of the players on there, and that's one to go watch them play. Well, well for that game, they had a promotion where where a f- f- former Red Sox pitcher. Luis Tian or Louis Tian, however you want to mm-hmm. say his name, yeah, was 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 actually going to be at the stadium signing oh, autographs, really? and you could interact with him. He played baseball in the 1970s. Whenever my dad was growing up, he watched him play. Oh, that's cool. So, so the, the, that was a really cool experience for my dad and me both because he got to see a player that he watched growing up, and obviously a Red Sox player. So my my, my favorite team's the Red Sox, and so I, I got to meet him. I got the I had a baseball and he signed baseball. Dude, that's awesome. So I got an autograph thing from Louis Tiant. So that was really cool. I also met a former NFL player, Derwin Gray. Oh, D. Gray. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I love D. Gray, dude. Yes. Yes, I did. Well, my, my first time I ever saw him was when I was at uh, Camp Caswell. I was yep. in sixth grade. I think I mentioned that a little bit last episode. So I got to meet him and talk to him for a little bit. And I also got to... FaceTime with him one time. Really? Yes, yeah. I did. Hey, I remember when I was still a camper at Kaiser's before I worked down there, I had D. Gray, I think, four summers in a row as oh, my speaker. Oh, that's awesome. And I got to play flag football with him. So, I mean, oh. I was, oh, I'm playing flag football with a former NFL player. And now, that's cool. You know, he's not the most famous NFL player. He played for the Colts and the Panthers, yes. right? Yes, yes. Remember the Colts um, and then the Panthers a, like one year. Such a cool dude. Such a mall. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then for the last story I had – you know, in 2016, uh, the 2016 College World Series was won by Coastal Carolina. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a weird season because none of the big teams won. It was a Coastal Carolina right. who was kind of in a smaller school in a smaller the conference. The Chanticleers. Yes. Yes, but I went to a Chicago White Sox single-A team in Kannapolis. The Kannapolis at the time, they were the Kannapolis Intimidators. The Intimidators, now they're the Cannonballers. Yep. But at the time, they were the Kannapolis Intimidators. And like two or three players were drafted by the White Sox that year from that from that Coastal Carolina team. Oh, really? And and this is kind of funny because this was the first Cannabis Intimidators game I, I'd ever been to, and I got to meet one of the players. He was the third baseman for that team. His name is Zach. His name is Zach Remillard. Okay. And I got to meet him, and I got to meet him and a couple of the other players who used to be on Coastal Carolina, and I and I got a. Autographed baseball from him, and I got an autographed jersey from him as well. Oh, that's sweet. I mean, even though he's not like a professional, like a you know, like a major league athlete, he was still playing pro baseball, and I watched him win the College World Series. That's really. And I cool. got to talk to him for a few minutes and interact with him. That was really cool. That's those those are really cool stories, man. I like that. Yeah. Oh, I just had one pop. I just had one pop up in my head just like right now as we're recording this. Okay, yeah, go for I it. Got, I got one more. Okay, yeah. so um, this past season in the NBA, like not this past season, but the season before that in the 2018-2019 season, I got to meet Michael Kidd, Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, MKG? Yes, so yes, yeah, I did. I met, I I met him too MKG. one time. I met him too one time. Where would you meet him at? I actually met him at the – well, what's funny is I actually first met him you know, like how I said last week in my testimony video, like I, I, I like went to different organizations. Yeah, like yeah. Who uh-huh. stutter. yeah. Well, he was hosting a thing in Charlotte. Oh, okay. So I went up to there, and then like a month later, I got to talk to him for a few minutes when we went to a Charlotte Knights game. That's cool. Because he gave us tickets to go to a Charlotte Knights game. Sweet. And yeah. S- and and. W- 
and we got to sit in the VIP section, and I got to talk to him for a few. Yeah, minutes. he's a super chill dude. Oh yeah, really for sure. laid back. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's cool, man. I yeah, like that one. Yeah, yeah for sure. So all those are my stories. I promise I don't have any more to pop up. So, <laughs> all right. So how about yours? So I, I had a few to come to mind, and most of mine happened around Charlotte. I mean, I was in school at UNC Charlotte, and just going to restaurants here and there in Charlotte. You, I mean, we have the Hornets, so we have the Panthers, and we have you know teams that come in and out all the time. Um, and I've seen a lot. hadn't really talked to many, but like just for example, I've seen I, me and my uncle. We we went to a restaurant downtown or uptown, excuse me, uptown Charlotte. After a Hornets game one time, and Dwight Howard walked in. That was the year <laughs> that Dwight Howard was playing for the Hornets. That's cool. Um, one time, Amber and I were over in South Park um, eating at McCormick and Smith Seafood, and it was during All Star Week, during NBA All Star Week. Yeah. And Stephen A. Smith sat two tables over from us. What? Yeah. And he talks in real life just like he does on TV. Really? He, and he's uh, he's so like you know animated. And yeah, like loud and loud. Animated. And it, that was I didn't get to talk to him. I was a little scared to talk to him. To be honest with you, because you know, it's yeah, it's kind of like okay. Um, but so I saw him. But like the ones that really come to mind about really interacting and talking with athletes. Um, one of them we were it was, this is in South Park too. If if you want to if you want to run into some athletes at restaurants, go over to the South Park area in Charlotte. Go over to you're, South Park. You're going to see at least one. I mean, you might not know them right away, but you're going to see one. Um, we were over there eating at a place called Cowfish. It's a burger and sushi place. Really good. And um, we're just sitting there hanging out eating. And all of a sudden, like, you know how if you see a big guy just walk in your peripherals, you, you're going to look up because you just see him you right. know, out of the corner of your eye. Well, I saw five of them out of the corner of my eye. And so I, I looked up real quick. It was the entire offensive line of the Carolina Panthers. What? Yeah, it was. They walked in, just t-shirt and shorts, and sat down. They took up, you know, two or three booths. Oh yeah, and they, you know, they were there to do some damage with some sushi. Oh yeah, I was about to <laughs> say that was the year that uh, that was Super Bowl year. So Mike, really, yeah, Michael Orr was there. That so was we got Michael Orr, uh, Ryan Khalil, was Ryan there. Khalil, um, uh, Trey Turner, Trey Turner. Um, yeah, and some other guys. Yeah. And I was just like, I've got to go talk with these guys, you know, because. I, those, these are guys I've looked up to when I played in high school to play like. You know, I have to at least go say hey to them, but not like make a big deal about it. And, and back then, that was, you know, right when Blindside came out and before, you know, Michael Orr got into some trouble in here and there. That was right. later on down the road. But I wanted to go talk to him and I had my Apple Watch on and um, I said, I'm going to look at my heart rate after I get in talking to him. So I talked to him <laughs> for a little bit and they were super chill. Ryan Khalil is h- hilarious. He's he's really oh, funny. Oh, really? Um, Michael Lord, very soft spoken. You could, I mean, uh, sometimes you can tell if they're just really chill or if they're kind of stuck up. He he was not stuck up. He was just he super was like a really chill dude, chilled out, just really you know soft spoken. But I talked to him, welcomed Big Mike to Charlotte, and just said appreciate what y'all do, and you know y'all are you know y'all y'all have the thankless job on a football field. And I got back and sat down, and my heart rate was at like one twenty or something. Oh. <laughs> I could have done some serious cardio, but instead I just talked to the Panthers offensive line. Oh wow, so that's cool, man. That was pretty cool. Um, another one that uh, came to mind was during college. Uh, we were on the way to a movie theater. Well, we were pulling up at the movie theater. To, there was a movie called Zero Dark Thirty that came out a yeah. long time ago. It's about you know the the mission to get Bin Laden, things like that. Yeah. And we were gonna go watch that, and the movie theater was packed. Movie theater. I mean, you, there was there was one parking spot left, and the other cars were like parked up on the curb or in the grass. Right. It was packed that night. I think it was the night it came out. We didn't end up seeing that. We watched something else. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, wow, really? But it was me in my old truck, my Avalanche, and this white Porsche SUV circling a lot looking for a spot. Ooh, a Porsche? Yeah, so we found that one spot. Like I said, 
one spot left. The other spot you could park up on the little concrete island in the grass. So I was like, okay, I'm in the truck. Let me get up on the grass because that Porsche, I don't want to, you know. Right. I don't want to take that away. So I pop up on the grass. That Porsche pulls up right beside us. We get out of the truck, and I just hear a guy say, thanks, man. Didn't know, and I didn't think nothing of it. I said, yes, sir, and I looked up, and he was looking at me and waving. You know who it was? Who was it? Agent 89, Steve Smith. What? Yeah, Steve Smith. Yeah, I let Steve Smith get that parking spot. I parked right beside him. He was, oh, thanks, man. And we kind of, we didn't walk together. I was, oh, yeah, Steve, you're welcome. You know, what else am I going to say? And we were kind of behind him as we were going in. He was meeting his wife to have a date night for a movie night. Oh, wow. And I just thought that was cool. That is cool, man. Yeah, that, that was pretty sweet. And then the last one, it's not like as famous or anything, but it was cool to my eyes. So, I've off and on grown up watch wrestling. You know, just part of my uncle got me to watch it. I watched some with my dad and things like that. Um, I was back when we could go to gyms and work out yes. at gyms. I, I used to go to the aquatic center in Monroe a lot. And I was leaving, going home, and I passed a guy like in passing walking by and I was like, This guy looks familiar. Okay. And I was like, I could not place him for the life of me, but I knew that I've seen him somewhere before. And all of a sudden it clicked with me. That's his wrestler. His name's R Truth. Hilarious dude. And um, his catchphrase is "What's up?" Like he screams "What's up?" and he puts <laughs> he puts the microphone out to the crowd and they say it back to him. And his, you know, a lot, one of the big things in wrestling is to have a cool theme song, right? Oh yeah. Well, he, he raps during. He has a live rap like freestyle during his theme song because that's like his thing. He's all big on the mic and things like that. Oh wow. But I looked at him and it finally clicked. I said truth and he looked at me and he said what well, he said what's up like he said his catchphrase I said oh man i said i'm not going to freak out or i asked for a picture i said that's cool man i i said i forget that you you know you live around here he's from union county you know oh really yeah he I did not know that. when they announced him on the show he says from charlotte but he's he's from i think he lives in indian trail or something like that wow um but i was like that's really cool man i said i don't want to like you know take up much of your time or you know make you feel uncomfortable i said i I appreciate what you do. It's a cool deal, and it's it's cool to see you. It's cool to see you around. He said, I th- "Thank you, man. Appreciate it." And he just walked on in. That's but, pretty cool. But you know, just to see people like that, in right? Passing, yeah, you no, know? like just to you know, like the, walking around, you know, like just walking around or like doing you know what you normally do. You know, walking your you know in regular life, and you see these people who like so many people admire or, yeah. or just know about, and then just seeing them out and just. Like normal public places. Because, I mean, other than what we see on TV, there's normal people like us. You know, they go out to eat, they go get gas, they go work out at a gym, they live a normal life outside of what we see on television. You know? Yeah. And that, those are just some cool encounters. But I posted this question on my Facebook and my Twitter too, just to see what other people were saying. I told them I was going to mention it on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, but I got a really good, I got a lot of feedback. Um, got a lot of tweets back and got a lot of Facebook comments. Oh, really? And so I, I wanted to uh, read some of them real quick. Let me pull up some screenshots real quick. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to get to them all, but I just found some favorites. Um, so Lisa Goodman, I know her really well. She's a teacher with Amber at Piedmont. Um, she said, we met Freddie Freeman. Um, it looks like the, based off the picture, they were at a Gwinnett game. Or they were, no, they were at the Charlotte Knights game playing the Gwinnett Braves. Oh, that's cool. So this is a while back. I think it says 2013 when Freddie Freeman was playing AAA. Okay? So we met Freddie Freeman. Her son Aaron asked Freddie if he knew who Chipper Jones was. Oh, my god. <laughs> and goodness. when he said, yeah, Aaron asked him if he could get Chipper Jones' autograph instead. <laughs> and <then> there's <laughs> the picture of him, of her son and Freddie Freeman talking from, oh, you know, Aaron's up on the stands and Freddie's on the field. So that's pretty funny. Um, another one is from um, Amber's cousin, Jessica. 
She says she was at Lids buying her brother Devin a hat one time, and someone said, would you like for me to sign that for you? And she had no idea who it was, so she just said, no, thank you, thinking they were kidding, and she was kidding back. It was D'Angelo Williams. <laughs> oh! <laughs> How oh, crazy no. is that? Yeah. That, oh. I, I laughed really hard at that. Um, my buddy Parrish, who loves racing just like I do, he got to meet his childhood hero, Mark Martin. You know, Mark Martin used to be a race car driver back in the day. Yeah. He said he was super friendly dude, but he was also very small. <laughs> a lot of the NASCAR <laughs> drivers are small, so they can fit in the car. Um, Daniel Rose said he got to meet Sammy Sosa back in 2002. Oh, that's cool. Which that's kind of relevant now because they just had that documentary yeah. about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa yeah. and all that. That was pretty cool. That, that's pretty neat. Your dad commented. Did you see your dad's comment? I... I, I, I think he told me he was going to comment, but he didn't yeah, say what and, he was going to comment I, about. And I love this one. He said, "Rick Flair, Tully Blanchard, and Magnum TA all used to shop at the Harris Teeter that your mom worked at. So those are all straight old school WCW wrestlers. Y- yeah, man, I would freak out if I saw those guys walking, especially back in the '80s when that was like when they were the guys in wrestling. That's awesome. Um, da- not Daniel Dalton. Dalton is in the youth group. Yeah. His grandma Ruth said they were on a flight from Los Angeles to Atlanta, and they. They were on a on a flight with a wrestler too, Jesse Ventura. That's pretty cool. Jesse Ventura. Yep. Oh wow. Um, my grandma said they met her. Her and my grandpa met George Shin, um, who that's not the greatest name to talk about now because he got into some trouble. Um, but he was the owner of the Hornets for a while. Yeah. He, um, they met him at a, at a restaurant at, down at North Myrtle Beach, and uh, they went to go pay. And George Shin had paid for their bill just because they sat down and had a conversation with him. I like, didn't try to make it like oh, wow, Mr. Cool. Big Shot, just kind of, you know, sat down and had normal conversation with him. Yeah. And uh, he paid for their dinner. Um, uh, somebody else connected to the youth group, uh, Debbie Blevins, that's Nate and Addie's mom. She used to work for the Cleveland Browns. What? Yeah, she, yeah, she worked for the Cleveland Browns at the training camp, she said, in, in the mid-'80s. She worked in the kitchen and interacted with a lot of players. Um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Um, Jake Wright, he said he met Shawn Michaels. Um, oh. That's a wrestler. He met Shawn Michaels. He uh, came and did the invocation at uh, Liberty one time when he was up there. Had a lot of people say they met Mike Minner, who used to play for the Panthers. Right. And I've met Mike Minner several times, and he's a really cool dude. My buddy Aaron Hinton said he met Roy Williams when he was at Carolina. Um, he's met Dre Bly, who played football for Carolina. Um, he met Jeff Gordon several times with his brother-in-law, as well as Dell Jr. and Chase Elliott. He said all the NASCAR stories are really cool. Uh, I had a lot of people say they met a lot of NASCAR drivers. Wow, that's really pretty cool. awesome, yeah. man. So that, I had a lot of feedback, and I really appreciate the ones that commented. I'm sorry I couldn't get to them all. Um, but it's cool to see oh, yeah. that people have these interactions with people. The one that really stuck to my mind was a guy on Twitter said, I met Tyler Hansberg one time, and he was really stuck up. And I was like, well, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> I like Hansberg just because he played tough, but – I guarantee you, if he played anywhere else but Carolina, I probably couldn't stand him. You know, yeah. let's be honest. So, but yeah, that was it. Was just cool to see people have those interactions. All right, for and sure. I want to talk about them because you know they seem so surreal at the time, right? Right. Or you want to play it cool, and then you want to play like cool, but at the same time, you kind of want to like you know acknowledge a little bit about what they did right. or whatever. And can sometimes it can be a really cool experience. Sometimes, like the guy said when he met Hansbro, it was a little disappointing. You know, that happens here and there. Um, but cool. Thank y'all for the ones that um, responded back. Oh, and, yeah. Thank you so uh, much yeah, for thank that. Thank y'all I mean, for the feedback. I really appreciate it. Those are some that. really cool stories, yeah, too. some really cool stories. I can't get over the one where Jessica said she <laughs> said no thanks at all. No autograph. thanks to D'Angelo <laughs> Williams. <laughs> it was D'Angelo Williams. I'm like, oh. That, that's funny. Um, but that's all I have for that. That's all I have for the show, actually. Cody, you got anything else for the show this week? I think I'm good, man. Well, cool deal, y'all. Well, um, that's our show. Um, contact info is in the show notes, and you've heard it in the breaks as well. Um, Y'all have a good week. 
You'll have a bonus episode next week, um, but by the time you're hearing that, I'm not sure what Cody's going to be doing, but I'm going to have my feet in the sand, probably not sitting down, probably chasing my son around. (laughs) That's going to be fun. But y'all have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye.